I'm Jacqueline. And it's Alana. And we're back for another episode of Black and Yellow. And we are excited. Jackie, you're so modest. <laughs> we're excited. I, I think she means we're fired up. Slash angry. Slash confused. confused slash what the fuck? We have a lot of feels <laughs> happening right now uh, with today's topic. So we are tackling the op Ed article that was released in early January by the New York Times, and it's called The Alt-Right's Asian Fetish. And it was written by Audra Lim. And in it, she talks about how members of the alt-right have been marrying and wifing Asian women. But wait a second. I thought that the alt-right was all about white purity and white supremacy. So we're like, huh? Huh? What's going on here? (laughs) We're going to dive in and talk all about it and it should be great so i'm excited for you guys to also be fired up with us yeah and if you guys are confused just like we are we understand we're going to take you through all of this craziness that is the alt-right and uh, Mm -hmm. their their desires for what they want in women and wives right so i know that our listeners are extremely intelligent extremely woke individuals but we don't want to leave anyone out so we're going to do a quick and dirty overview of what the alt-right is so according to wikipedia the alt-right or the alternative right is a loosely connected and somewhat ill-defined subset of american and european third positionists composed chiefly of white supremacists neo-nazis neo-fascists and other fringe hate groups usa today tells us it's a movement that bucks mainstream conservatism and is a loose movement that exists mostly online and includes people who are dedicated to quote white identity since there is no formal structure to the alt-right there are a lot of different types of people and ideas within the group oh that's great yeah (laughs) That never makes anything great. So um, and if you're wondering who makes up the alt-right, George Hadley, who is a University of Alabama professor who has studied the movement, told The Washington Post that typical followers are millennial white men, either in college or with a college degree who are secular, perhaps atheist, and are not interested in, quote, the conservative movement at all. Again, that was from USA Today. And a couple of other points about the alt-right. They are racist at their core. Racism is a core uh, of the movement's central premise. Extremely anti-Semitic. They have ties to Silicon Valley. uh, And they are a tech movement because they mostly exist online. They love Christian dumb but reject Christianity solely for the reason that they believe that Christendom helped forge white identity. They hate feminists and feminism, and they do not agree with our American political system and want to burn it to the ground. There you go. So, yeah, that is the alt-right in a very nutty nutshell. (laughs) Nutty nutshell. (laughs) Quite nutty indeed. So how does this... How does all of this alt-right, white supremacist, racist, neo-Nazi, fascist talk, how does this uh, how does this tend to include Asian women? First of all, I don't think it should. I don't if they are so pro-white mm-hmm. and anti-women and anti anything that's not white. Correct. <laughs> there shouldn't be anything of maybe any other um race or ethnicity involved with them as far as something that's part of their lives, something that's positive, something that, you know. One would think. Right. And so when this article came out in the New York Times about them having an Asian fetish, it was just, and no one was surprised. (laughs) You know what? I, I was when I first read the title. But then when I read the article, I was like, Alana, you are so dumb. Like, you should not be surprised that these women are taking on essentially stereotypes as wives. Right. Like, this should not come as a shock to you. When I say you, I'm talking about myself. (laughs) Um, But anyways, they have. And so we're just going to start out uh, by reading a bit of the opening of the article just so that you understand what we're talking about. So. The article starts out by saying that Andrew Anglin, the founder of the neo-Nazi website The Daily Stormer, once posted a video of himself with a Filipina he calls his, quote, jailbait girlfriend, 
the young couple flirting as they sauntered through a mega mall in the Philippines. Richard Spencer, a white nationalist who dated a series of Asian American women, according to one of his ex-girlfriends. Mr. Spencer insists he embraced white nationalism before dating these Asian women. The right-wing agitator Mike Chernovich, the writer John Derbyshire, and an alt-right figure named Kyle Chapman. His claim to fame was uh, swinging around that leg, that lead flagpole at the Derby riots in 2017, um, are all married to women of Asian descent. And have kids. And have kids. Right, or will have kids with these women. That one would assume. Um, as a commenter wrote on an alt-right forum, quote, exclusively dating Asian women is practically, quote, a white nationalist rite of passage. Okay, so let's... Let's, Let's just, just start there. All... <laughs> Let's just all think about that for a moment. Yeah. And and just and just I am astonished at how these men mm-hmm. have made it okay to marry and birth children with Asian women. If they're so called, you know, pro this and pro mm-hmm. that and I think it just goes to show it is such a reflection of our society and people's ideals and racism and stereotyping and 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 how far people will go to self-justify anything and everything, you know, for their cause. Even well, even preservation as they right, would say. Even if it's just it's just it's so just ridiculously absurd. I completely agree with you. But let's like dive a little deeper in just to get some understanding. Absolutely. So essentially this fetish, if you could call it that, um, it exists at the intersection of two really prevalent racial myths regarding Asian women specifically. And just keep that at the, the forefront of your mind that this is all regarding Asian women. So the first myth that, uh, that this fetish plays into is the model minority myth which we have an episode on we have an episode on that if you haven't heard it yet maybe take a break from this episode and listen to that episode it's very fascinating so that you're well caught up and you know exactly what we're talking about but uh, the model minority myth that is the belief that asian americans are hard-working family-oriented complacent high-achieving people and adequately well-behaved to assimilate into white society or we could also call the, mo- the model minority myth right. the polite version of racism or the racial flattery trap. Exactly. Thanks, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're so good. You're so smart. Your IQ is so high. You're oh. not like the other minorities. No, no, no. You're better than them. Don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. Don't fall for and it. And definitely how this model minority, minority really plays into this whole subconsciously maybe why they would be attracted to Asian women in the first place or why they have bought into the belief that uh, that they they are so-called this and that and therefore mm-hmm. more attracted to something like that. Right. Um, which we could get into as well. But then the second myth is, of course, of the subservient, hypersexual Asian women and that we are docile and that we listen and that we take command and that we uh, obey, Mm -hmm. you know, and and that in of itself, uh, not just even within this alt-right fetish, but in 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 Asian women being hypersexualized and fetishized and all across the media Mm -hmm. um, Plays into this perfectly. Definitely. uh, Which doesn't surprise me at all. So it's essentially these two things, uh, these two racial myths sort of taking control and something like then then this article comes out, you know? Right. Because let's be real, like subservient is not a good word. No. Uh, Subservient means prepare to obey others unquestionably. It means being less important and it means serving as a means to an end. So essentially this myth is a very, very sexualized Asian woman who puts other people, i.e. men, before, i.e. white men, i.e. white men, before her needs and before her values, morals, wants, anything, almost literally, you know, they, I think of like, just, you know, uh, back in the day, way, way back in the day of how, like, essentially, like you were saying, you know, the 50s of like, Mm -hmm. the women had no career, they had nothing, they had, you know, yeah, the 50s housewife, everything was 
for the men and supporting the men and allowing them to shine and be the star of the marriage, the, the star of the family. And so I think these men need that because mm-hmm. uh, you know why would they want a woman who's powerful and strong and knows what she wants um and there's this whole feminist movement of now they're saying that now white women are too, too powerful empowered. yeah and that now we speak our mind and that we we don't listen and and that ugh, that in and of itself also well but, that was my first question when i read this article i was like wait there's not enough white women walking this earth that yeah they can't find a white woman to right. carry on white purity, right. as they say. Like, and if you want to continue your white purity, then don't you want to have white kids? Well, right. One would think the answer <laughs> to that question is yes, but oh, no, no, no. Remember, they hate femi- feminists and feminism. Why would they want an empowered, independent right. white woman? I say, get it, girl. Be empowered and be independent. Damn like, right. don't settle for that bullshit. And, and what is this whole this whole stereotype of, you know, how Asian women have not been tainted by feminism and how we are oh. still so... Uh, obedient and docile and that most Asian women aren't feminists and um, are not necessarily in this movement as much as the white women or media has portrayed them to be. It's interesting, yeah, because when I go to my my feminist talk groups, there are Asian women there. They're not, obviously, they don't outnumber the white women or the black women or the Mexican women that are there, but they definitely are there and are vocal and are present. I think just because the number isn't as high they are then assumed to be submissive and docile right? or they're assumed to, to, to take what they are given kind of a thing. And I think we speak for like the women our age right now are definitely in this movement, regardless of your race and your ethnicity, Mm -hmm. because we are millennials or in this era right now as a young woman, we are going to fall in that category. Regardless, we're going to speak our mind. We're going to know what we want. And that makes me question and wonder specifically the past of these women that they have married or dated. Have they met them in a third world country? Have they, uh, uh, met them in United States, but they immigrated here. Got it. You know, and so they do carry sort of that uh, survival. Let me let me be docile. Let me obey because I need to survive. Right. Essentially, in this new country. So what you're saying is you're wondering whether or not these white supremacist men are wifing up Asian American women. Or if they're going to Asian countries, yeah. preying on these Asian women that right. are looking to marry white men yes. for a better life, quote yes. unquote, and uh, knowing that they don't really have a great handle on the language. Exactly. So if you don't have a good handle on English, you definitely right. are not going to have a good handle on neo-Nazi fascist <laughs> racist speak. That is for sure. That is for sure. And using that to their advantage. Yeah. and I, I think th- is what you're saying. Exactly. And I, I think that they... As an Asian American woman or just knowing the past of Asian women, especially, you know, historically through World War Two and in Japan and all that stuff, you know, a means of getting out of that country and a means of getting out of the horrid of those times and and surviving. A lot of women did marry white men from the army. A lot of women did fall in love with white men that they were there stationed Mm -hmm. um, and they were able to sort of essentially level up in society by being associated you know having this proximity with these white men that led them to have better futures better opportunities better careers that would only benefit them and their kids is how they saw it back then right without this whole alt-right neo-fascist movement even Mm -hmm. being a thing and so that makes me wonder if that's just something that these women that are married to these men right now is that something that they is that where they came from? Hmm. Because to them, maybe this movement isn't something that they maybe even care so much about as to surviving yeah. and just providing a better opportunity for themselves and their kids. Right. That makes me wonder. Well, it's funny you use that word survival because I think the the core uh, goals of the alt right is to a survive and b maintain power. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're taking on someone as a wife who you already deem as quote less powerful. Because your white female counterpart, you as you say, is too powerful. Exactly. Whatever you're really sort of, it seems like the, the alt-right's first love is the alt-right. And everything else is, is secondary. Secondary. Below. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, and they're, 
guys. There's so many fucked up elements to this, but um, let's start here. So we've got the model minority myth and how that plays into the alt-right essentially viewing Asian people as uh, white enough, quote unquote, shall we say. And then you've got the hypersexualized Asian woman that's essentially making sure that the sexual needs of these alt-right white men are being met as well. But I think there's also another stereotype that sort of feeds into this into this uh, Asian fetish, and that is that of the Asian tiger mom. Mm. So follow me for a second. You, I'm a white alt-right male. I'm looking to remain dominant and powerful. I come across my docile, hypersexual Asian female lover. So I'm getting my sexual needs met. I'm assuming that they are doing everything for them so that they can go out and spread their racist hate speech. I decide to then marry this woman, and I decide to make a child with this woman. And then here comes this other stereotype, the stereotype of the Asian tiger mom, which I think also plays into this particular fetish, because what is the Asian tiger mom, if you don't know? Well, we're going to tell you, (laughs) we're going to let you know. So the Asian tiger mom uh, was a trope that was popularized by Amy Chua. And it's a a takeoff of the model minority myth, if you will. So it it assumes that all Asian women are aggressors when it comes to cultivating family success. And according to her trope, the tiger mom is demanding, has very high expectations of her offspring, utilizes measures of psychological control to attain the goal she has set up for her kids, and is, get this, ethnocentric. Why does a white male supremacist care about ethnocentrism? Well, let's find out. Ethnocentrism is defined by judging another culture solely on the values and standards of one's own, i.e. that would mean an Asian woman judges a black woman on the ideals that she has set up for herself, she being the Asian woman, and projecting that onto the black woman. So if the black woman doesn't live up to the ideals that an Asian woman has set, she is in some way... um, Less than. Less than. Yeah. Exactly. And ethnocentric individuals judge other groups relative to their own ethnic group or culture, especially with concern for language, behavior, customs, and religion. Ethnocentrism is actually super important to white nationalists since their their quest for survival at the core is all about attaining the goal of power and the goal of survival. And as Dylan Roof, the the Charleston shooter, has written, uh, he sort of suggested that Asian people are uh, racist by nature. Right. Essentially. Yeah. And that we would be a great ally. Right. Their cause. (laughs) Because right. we're just as racist or we're just as, you know, craving that, that survival and that power. Right. If um, you don't know who Dylan Roof is, he was the, the Charleston shooter. And he wrote a manifesto prior to the shooting. And uh, he's got an interesting quote about East Asian races in said manifesto. And I believe that that quote has something along the lines. Oh, here it is. It says, I have great respect for East Asian races. Even if we were to go extinct, they would carry something on. They are by nature very racist and could be great allies to the white race. I am not opposed at all to the allies with Northeast Asian races. So he's essentially saying, yeah, 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 let's let's team up with Asian people because they're essentially going to fight for our ethnic rights because they do it already in their own countries, in their own families, in their own cultures. They're already kind of racist against people that aren't that don't fit their cultural ideal. So I mean, hey, if the racism is already there, why not just tell like why not brainwash them into thinking that white nationalism is a good thing? Right. That way they're then promoting white nationalist views. And I think the assumption is that they're gonna stop promoting Asian views. Right. Once they're, they've married their husband, sure. the Asian views kind of go out the window. Mm-hmm. And then I think of like picking back to the whole tiger mom situation is like, let's say as an Asian woman, because mm-hmm. I am one, um, <laughs> I see white men, white culture, Western civilization as this this 
which is absolutely true and i can take from experience from relatives and my mom even just knowing that that's the land to go to the american dream the escape once i get to there everything will uh everything and it still exists Mm -hmm. everything will be fine i will have these grand opportunities and and i can only further that by marrying a white man Mm -hmm. um whom i will still do the duties as the household wife and take care of the kids and so I can still be the tiger mom because I see and uphold this white man as the, let's say, ultimate. Right. And I will therefore do my best duties as the wife to raise these kids to their best in, in what I think is the best, obviously. Mm-hmm. And therefore, the white man does not need to even worry about raising his kids. Oh. You know? Yeah. Or even having to... Yeah, essentially raising them and 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 guiding them and being necessarily maybe I don't know a good father, so they can dedicate their life to their movement mm-hmm. and continue spreading their you know neo Nazi fascism ideals and pro white and the white agenda and white purity mm-hmm. on and on and on. While I have my Asian wife who takes care of everything else as well as my sexual needs, right. And essentially is rendered invisible. Absolutely. If you will. Because sure. like we said earlier, like they don't like feminists or feminism. They don't like women that are too strong. And they certainly don't want a woman that's going to to take their spotlight. No. And I think the assumption is that Asian women are not going to do that. Yeah. They're not going to do that. But white women might do that. Absolutely. So we can't. So we can't. We can't. We can't bring the white women so into let's just this. Marry Asian women. Exactly. And they're not like that at all. Which is sort of fucked up and cowardly, if you will. It is. When I was on some of these these sites preparing for this episode, and I was trust me, there are plenty of threads that where members of the alt right are asking other members of the alt right, "Hey, I have this Asian girlfriend. Is this cool? Am I going against the uh, the wishes of the alt right by dating her?" I was so shocked and surprised by the amount of spirited, excited, happy responses, essentially saying, yes, 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 date an Asian woman. She's everything you'll ever need. She'll she'll fulfill you sexually. She doesn't make waves at home. You don't have to worry about her emotional life. Mm-hmm. God, like, why would you ever want to marry? Why would you ever want to worry about your girlfriend or wife's emotional life? Oh, no, you have no time for that. Yeah. Um, they make great food was another one. They have small vaginas. That's one that continuously pops up. Right. And at the end of the day, she'll be there to love you and serve you. Yeah. So, so why, hey. why not date right. her? It's a win-win, win-win for all involved. Yeah. Taking it, taking back to the original opening that you said about how it's essentially a rite of passage, uh, for these, um, you know, these white men dating Asian women if you're going to maintain white purity. It's so nuts. It's like they're a notch on a fucking belt I know. or something. I want to like make an analogy to something ridiculous. Like I, when we were talking earlier about, you know, it's like you're vegan and um, I don't know, you like, you eat meat occasionally. Or I don't know, just the ridiculousness of it is just, it's so rooted in this sort of like, it's it just blows my mind that something like this exist but then it doesn't you know it's like i think about it and i'm like i'm not surprised at all and then i just i wonder these women these asian women do they even me being an asian american i think i'm affected by all this clearly you know and I, i just wonder if these asian women do they even care about this movement this all right movement do they care about politics do they want to have a conversation about it are their lives so closed off are they like prisoners do they only have this one thing that's all they can do is it are they really in love with these men you know i would love to just kind of sit because we were talking about this earlier we couldn't find any any at all information about where these women came from who they are Mm -hmm. and clearly they're they've been married for a while or at least they're having kids Mm -hmm. and so do they really love these men? And then do they think about what these men do? And then there, what was um that one who who had the girlfriend and he event she eventually left him because of his oh uh, Richard Spencer uh, yeah Richard Spencer yeah you know mm-hmm. I just I think about them and I just I, I would love to kind of just interview one and sit one down and pick her brain and wonder what goes through her mind in deciding to marry and bear children. 
for these men for that these house men. these ideals. In today's world. Agreed. Well, it's interesting that you say that. So there was actually a, gr- uh, I don't want to say great, it was very long and somewhat uh, thought-provoking. Uh, there was a profile on Richard Spencer on the website Mother Jones, and it was written by Mark Harkinson. And uh, in this profile, this very long profile, they do interview one of Spencer's Asian ex-girlfriends. There was, from what I saw, because I think that Jackie and I were doing that same research trying to find find out more about these women i think the alt-right does not want us to know more about these women and that's why we can't find anything but in this particular profile uh this ex-asian girlfriend basically said that she and richard spencer dated for four months and she was very aware of his racist ideas when they started dating and though she did not agree she softened to those ideals so I think the question there is, well, what made you soften? If you yeah. don't agree, why soften? Right. But ended up ending the relationship for reasons other than his racist ideologies. Oh, wow. Right. So his him being racist did not impact her leaving him as much as I one could just you know, assume maybe like the personal chemistry had died sure. or Connection. something like that. But that I'm was not the... surprised at all. Right. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> Honey, I would not want to lay in bed and spread it for a racist either. No. Trust and believe that. Sign me up. <laughs> but all that said, like we really couldn't find any voices of no. these Asian women. Yeah. Which I think also goes back to the control element. Uh, absolutely. And Power the survival and element, which is like, yeah. well, the least, the less you know, the better. You can mm-hmm. look at my Asian wife and my gorgeous Asian Asian family um but you want to know about her oh no 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 that absolutely cannot happen yeah I mean I think about Andrew Anglin when he posted that video in the Philippines with his jailbait girlfriend who he you can see a little bit of her throughout the video just sort of like giggling throughout the whole thing and but you really get the sense that she's not aware of of what person that she's with or what's going on not at all she's oblivious yeah you know, Completely. and the fact that he's in the Philippines, I wonder if she's clearly Filipina and not American. And right. she's clearly from a third world country and probably not very educated and probably doesn't have a sense of what she wants and what she needs. Even if she, even if she, let's say, if she even could think that, mm-hmm. right? Because she's probably just thinking about what she's going to do in the next couple months right. as far as survival. And then in comes this man exactly. who swoops her off her feet and he's powerful and he's strong and he's educated and he's got money and he's from America. Right. And everyone wants to go to America right. and make that happen. And in the video, you clearly see him talking down at her, putting her down, maintaining that sense of control with everything he says to her. He shushes her. He, he straight up tells her to shut up several times he talks about being in the philippines and these kinds of people and it just makes me wonder as he's doing all this and as he's with this woman you know what goes through his mind and and what goes through her mind you know it's just it's all very psychological in a way and well i have a question for you regarding that video because when i saw it i saw everything that you saw but i also saw this woman whether she was conscious of it or not I saw her very much playing into this oh, yeah. submissive, docile, cute Asian girl sure. <laughs> sort of trope. And that I can wonder, be a whole episode in itself. Well, right. And I wonder if if she herself was aware of the fact that she was playing into this stereotype that essentially fuels this man's mm, I see what you mean. racism. I don't think she necessarily knows that it fuels his racism Mm -hmm. that it fuels his white agenda in a way and his power and his control i think it's so much more uh i want i don't want to say immature but a level of of naiveness that yeah that she is playing this role because hey maybe all the other asian women also play this role maybe that's how she learned it from her friends and her family and other filipino women that did they were successful they got married to white men and they are in america now now they have great lives and so in order to achieve that sort of great life in america you have to play this role Mm -hmm. and not necessarily knowing that it's it's beyond and it's bigger than that you know uh does it ever frustrate you when you see 
I see it in America. Well, Lana. That's what I'm saying. Like, I see it in my hometown. I see these girls my age playing this role sometimes, and I right. just think, like, do you do you really do you really enjoy this, or is it really a place coming from a place of lack, a place of insecurity, and a place of really not knowing who they are and what they want, and they think that they can get that in a man. Well, or are they even conscious of it? No, yeah, because absolutely. that kind of behavior is learned, whether you sure. realize you're picking up those traits or not. Like yeah. that sort of behavior is, I'm sure, was exemplified through decades of other women that came before her and her family. Yes. And so you just sort of pick it up and you don't question not it. at all, you know. And I sort of think that uh, what was I going to say? I kind of just lost. My- oh, I sort of think that. Um, that they oh I totally just lost my turn. Did you? Did you? I <laughs> we were talking about the not questioning and these women and the, oh I was thinking that it just they the way they behave in that sense of oh I'm I'm a sweet little girl like mm-hmm. oh, I'm just gonna play like innocent and, and cute and oh poor me and you have to save me kind of thing Ugh. I don't even think that they know that when you act and are that way, you put the power in their hands. Right. Ultimately, they will always, it's up to them Mm -hmm. to save you and to fix you and to take care of you. And that ultimately you can't control that. You can only control how you are. Right. Right. And then, so there's this often sense of like lack of control of the outward instead of the inward. Right. And that becomes a, a, a perpetuating cycle in it, in it of itself that they will always want and crave that that they can't necessarily create for them for themselves. I understand. You know I see what you're saying. Yeah. And when they see their mothers do that and be successful, mm-hmm. or they see other women and be successful or not successful, even if they're not successful, they don't know how to turn that inward and say, well, "What kind of woman do I want to be? Yeah. What kind of woman do I?" Um, want to what kind of life do I want to live as a woman in today's world but when you're affected by government and society and you're in a third world country Mm -hmm. that must be really difficult right absolutely and it even it lends itself to wondering whether or not these women are even even have the privilege to turn inward and to do that sort of self introspection because to be able to to really sit with yourself and figure the stuff out for yourself. I mean, that's a privilege. Oh, absolutely. Something that here in America, we sort of throw take that around. Granted, like, like, oh, yeah. yeah. Think about yourself. <laughs> be introspective. Like, take a moment. Just be with yourself. Go it's travel cool. the world and figure yourself out. But even to be able to say and do that is a fucking privilege. It is. That is not given to absolutely. everyone. It's not given to every gender not or every sex. It's not all. given to people of different economic backgrounds mm-hmm. that have to actually work Eight to ten hours sure. a day to put food on the table. They don't have time to sit in Mm-mm. and and be introspective no. and reflect on and so, themselves. So then you take that and you do think about like, okay, I'm working every day. I'm in a sweatshop. I'm making, I don't know, two dollars a week. Mm-hmm. You know, if we want to transfer that to U.S. dollars, um, I'm I'm uneducated. Uh, I don't have a father or maybe my father is gone or he's not, you know, we're poor. Mm-hmm. And on in comes this person who is my future. Yeah. Of White course I'm going to grab onto that. Yeah. Of course I'm going to hold on to that and do everything and anything to make that happen and even love this person with everything that I can or how I know to survive and to live in a better world and to, and to maybe segue into that eventually and then divorcing him. I don't know. Hmm. You know, but... But it's so that when I read that article, that was my most that was where my attention went was like these Asian women. What did they go through? What are they thinking? How did they get here? And 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 just so happened to to marry these men. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And this article obviously shines the light on that on 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 our side of America of the alt right movement. But I immediately went to what is what's their story? What about the women? Exactly. Yeah, that would be a really a fascinating article. I, I I hope someone else comes out with that. We have to do like extra research because we tried to to do some of that research for this show and we couldn't find I any. Know. This might be on the ground research. Maybe we yeah. might have to like yeah, actually pick, talk to some real people on. in person. Yeah. Ladies, if you are married to an alt writer, <laughs> come on out. We yeah, love to hear. Hit one of us up on Instagram. I'm Alana at Renegade of Fun. She's Jacqueline at Jacqueline Chung Young. We won't tell, but we want to hear from you. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> not to plug ourselves, but back to the article. 
So Lim sort of leaves the door open about whether or not Asian women are playing into the stereotype in order to chase something to be gained. Yeah, that so she doesn't that, necessarily that say they do, but she doesn't necessarily say they don't. But what she what she definitely does touch on is uh, while women can choose to accept or resist these intersectional stereotypes that come at them, they can't escape that these stereotypes function solely to exploit these women. Mm-hmm. And they exploit these women outside of the bounds of an alt-right relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, these stereotypes exploit women, expo- exploit Asian women in every realm of life, whether yeah. it's work, career, dating, um, every aspect. I mean, yeah. we see the hypersexual, docile do. Asian again and over again and, and again. And it's like maddening. In in liter in literature everywhere in porn in media in in everything in stories in in and, and it's just something like I I, I always want to like wonder maybe I should ask this to most people like what what do you think about Asian women just like on the street or just like flat out like Not what do you think question. about Asian women and then have them say it and then tell ask them like well, how do you when did you remember thinking this when did you remember believing this and how did it begin Mm -hmm. you know i don't know i'm sure some people would be like oh shit i don't even know i just like it's a good case study it is because study for this podcast yeah yeah and and you could take that with every race black women you know hispanic women but you know it's just yeah it's 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 a lot yeah um, yeah, it's a ton. <laughs> um, so so in the article, Lim points out that the white supremacist fetish combines those ideas and highlights a tension within the, the project of white supremacism as America grows more diverse. So she's essentially saying that a reality that white nationalists condemn as white genocide uh, probably is less and less likely to happen because we are becoming so diverse. So she says the ugly new truth, maintaining white power may require some compromises on white purity. And I would assume marrying Asian women would quote unquote be that some compromise. Am I wrong? No, not at all. I think she's absolutely right in that, in that (laughs) maintaining what was it maintaining uh that was maintaining white power to maintain white power you have to compromise and to compromise you have to marry a non-white right (laughs) that's the compromise can we just (laughs) that's the compromise like (laughs) i'm sorry guys that's a hell of a compromise jackie and i just just like realized the levity of those words and we're like wait for me to stay vegan i'm going to eat a steak tonight exactly exactly that's the compromise i have to make i just have to right and i mean i it is i remember talking to you about this when we were discussing the next couple topics i remember my brother specifically was the one to uh to 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 bring this up to my attention he is an abundance of um information which i love um but then he he told me and i looked at him and i thought this must be a joke <laughs> you know yeah for a m- brief moment i looked at him and i said you've got to be kidding mm-hmm. me you know and and then i went on to do my research and then i heard a lot of people talking and i went wow this is true yeah, for whatever i'm going back to the self-justification of how can they justify marrying Asian women and continue to promote this white agenda, this white purity? Well, Jackie, because, you know, <laughs> while Asian people are Answer not white that. people, they're light skinned. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it kind of fulfills that void because right. it's like, well, they're not white, but well, hey, they're light skinned. So that's kind right. of like white. And We're she talks some about compromises this, here. She talks about this in the article where we've kind of. Sometimes people say, or there's been mentioning of how you know Asian women have Asian Asian people in general, maybe more even Asian women have kind of ceased to become colored. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, and I don't, I don't think. I mean, the model model minority makes that completely not valid. First of all, the model model minority myth, right, in, in it of itself. But 
what does that even mean to say that we have kind of ceased to become colored? Well, as scholar Susan Koshy <laughs> would all the answers. say, I, I mean, I'm just because this is so confusing. It is. I, I just want to get to the bottom. Yeah, of I know. It. Me too. And a scholar Susan Koshy encourages us to consider why Asian women may be considered more viable alternatives to, quote, empowered white women by anti-feminist men in ways that black women are not. So. While it may seem obvious, after all, white supremacy's primary target is black people, Koshi emphasizes racist discourses of black femininity, such as that circulated in the Moynihan Report, which was like a, a yes, big I remember this. white mm-hmm. manifesto Back essentially then. saying white is right. Black people are not worthy. Mm-hmm. Latino people, forget it. It's all about white people, unless we're also talking about Asian people. And in the Moynihan report mentioned by Lim, it depicts black women as bad wives and mothers and contributors for a presumed tangle of pathology, in quotes, among future generations. However, these specific stereotypes of black women help us understand the fetishizing of Asian women, simultaneously hypersexualizing them, but then also deeming them as marriageably feminine, quote unquote. Yeah, marriageably feminine. Marriageably feminine. Just take that in. Because I know you're wondering, what the fuck does marriageably feminine mean? Well, if you want to hop in your time machine and hop back to the 1950s and the time of the 1950s housewife, oh, hey, June Cleaver, Mm -hmm. uh, that's marriageably feminine. Marriageably feminine is that the 1950s housewife trope, the woman that stays at home, raises all the kids, makes sure the house is clean, Mm -hmm. cleans up. Devotes her life. Devotes her life to her husband. So when her husband comes home, all he has to do is kick off his shoes, sit in his easy chair, eat the delicious meal that she has made for him while she puts the kids to bed. Exactly. He will fuck her any way he chooses. Go to and, bed, it all starts up again. And maybe even have other women outside of the house. Right. Which she, which the wife couldn't even do anything about. Right. Even if she wanted to. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So marriageably feminine essentially is a really belittling and it reductive and, way of looking at women's roles in a marriage. Yeah. And, and on top of it, times change. You know, like we have to evolve and grow Mm -hmm. and become enlightened. And and that is stuck in such a rigid uh, way of thinking and being that does not allow growth. No, at all. At all. You know, and so these men that are stuck in those ideals and obviously clearly based on this article uh there's not gonna be growth and people are just gonna want to hate you and kill you Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm sorry no it's 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 true and i mean i i feel like to to live in that ideology that like those were the good old days Mm -hmm. the good old days when women were subservient and men were the stars i mean how does that play out in a long term um how does that play out long term yeah you know Absolutely. what I mean? Because at some point in these alt-right marriages, the kids are going to grow up. They're going to be out of the house. Yeah. It will then just be you and your Asian wife. Mm-hmm. Where do you go from there? Right. I and, mean, and then I think about if you have kids that are obviously now half white right. and half Asian. Yeah. What if they fall in love with a black woman or a black man or an Asian woman or an Asian man? Well, before we even get there, my question is, if these alt-right men have half asian children how do they view their children yeah exactly they're they're clearly not pure right they've been tainted right but as we've said we have to make some adjustments to what being purely white quote unquote means exactly but i wonder how these children will be viewed especially the men Mm -hmm. because women obviously as we grow up and we get married we take on our husband's names and, and whatever so but like so men are the ones that are expected to keep the lineage yeah. going and i think like if your dad married an asian white woman mm-hmm. and you then you have a son and your son is half asian and half white it's more than likely that he will either take on a lot of what his father has if so-called let's say that in, a, right. in, in an example now let's say he marries an asian woman mm-hmm. then his kids are way more asian right. than white right exactly and so you're not you're not being pure. You're you. Everyone's gonna become Asian, right? And correct me if I'm wrong. Like I don't know a single Asian family, full Asian or half Asian family, where Asian I where 
sorry, not Asian ideals, where uh, whatever sort of Asian the husband or wife is, whether it's Chinese, Japanese, mm-hmm. Thai, I don't know a single family structure that does not still wholly, fully, and completely uphold those Asian values. Right. Do you know what I mean? I have a hard time believing that your half-Asian wife is going to completely forego her background when raising your children. Exactly. And not at any point remind these kids of who they are. Right. Like, I think as an Asian, if I was those women... What, would I just make, like, hamburgers and hot dogs and grilled cheese sandwiches for my kids? Of course not. Like, if I came from, I would make, you know, noodles and soup and then all that stuff. And that would just be my thing. And then then that's culture. Yeah. And that's Asian culture. Absolutely. And so... What and who these... wants to go someplace with just white folks? The food sucks. Like, Tell let's just keep it real. It. <laughs> um, sorry. Sorry to say that. But but it, it's a, a question worth considering because how, I mean, I guess when it comes to half Asian children with white supremacists or with alt-right members, I guess you could play the, if whatever I see in the mirror is what I think mm, I am. And if yeah. I look in the mirror and I see yeah. a white man then I That's therefore am a white man mm-hmm. is that how that goes I guess so then what the fuck is white this all white purity shit it's all bullshit you right. know it's like, fucking bullshit it, it is seems it like is. they have to re redefine what white purity is exactly if this is the route they're gonna take if they're gonna marry Asian men Asian well, marry Asian men That's but a whole they're not doing topic. that for <laughs> they're sure clearly not doing that I have that. a feeling the alt-right hate so they are homophobic they are so homophobic a hundred percent yeah a hundred percent um, then that makes me, you know, yeah, exa- what you were just saying that you're going to have to define what the fuck white purity even means if you're marrying and having kids with Asian women. Yeah. Are we talking like a percentage? Well, right. if you're 70 yeah. percent white and 30 <laughs> percent Asian, you're white enough to be part of the you're 52 percent Asian. You cannot join our club. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I, again, uh, another thing that we tried to get some mm-hmm. some light some on. research on and couldn't find. No. Any. And I think the answer is because these men are scrambling to have to justify these these mixed children under the umbrella of the alt right. Yeah. And whatever that means. Right. Um, but then my thing is, too, it's like, go, you know, we talk about how they have kind of maybe in some areas or there's been mention of being ceased to become colored mm-hmm. that and, and in mo- a lot of like when you hear that you're like that's not true right you know because when you think about the model minority how it just the model minority myth how it mm-hmm. just completely blatantly puts it in your face that we are right. asian mm-hmm. and that this isn't changing anytime soon mm-hmm. then then, 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 what are these people? What, are, what, like, what, what are they thinking? Like, I also highly it? doubt that when a, a white man sees an Asian man, I highly doubt that he's like, "Oh yes, this is a white man, one oh, of my people." Yeah. Like, Hell absolutely fucking not. No, like, no, no, no. Because no. what does this, what does this Asian man have to offer me? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> he can't. He's not. A, he can't bear my children. He can't offer absolutely. me any sense of control or power. And that's a really good segue to one of our last points about this article is. Nowhere in this article does the discussion of Asian men play into the alt-right's Asian fetish. No. This article simply is shining light on a an alt-right male relationship with an Asian female. This article isn't even saying, let's be cool with Asian dudes and let's have Asian wives. Oh, no, no, no. Asian men are not even discussed in this article. And part of that could be because of the way that these men view Asian men. It could be because of the way that the alt-right views Asian men, mm-hmm. viewing them as, as excessively patriarchal and violent yeah. towards Asian women. Yeah, absolutely. So I could see how the alt-right would be like, oh, hold on one second. Let me um, let me just save this white woman. Oh, hello, white savior <laughs> complex. Let me save this Asian woman sure. really quickly from a terrible, terrible, terrible life, life with an Asian man who might beat her and exploit her. Oh, no, honey, come over here yeah. where... I'm probably going to exploit you too. Am I going to beat you? I don't know. I don't necessarily want to say on this podcast whether or not I think that the alt-right men beat their Asian wives. Yeah. But I will say that there was no mention of men in this. No. It was like Asian men were completely erased. Completely. So if you're going to talk about Asian women or not, I mean, it just, 
It's the confusing and oppressive system of racism as a whole. Yes, completely. And how and how when you take this example, you really see that their racism and their ideals are just they're not fucking logical. No. And you have to keep it's like a a constant scramble. It is. You know what I mean? You make this decision. Oh, we got to scramble to justify. Yeah. So let's justify and validate it to ourselves. So we make it okay. Yet we we live for, you know, promoting the white agenda or or the, the, you know, the so-called pro-whites. Right. Like. I just I just think about it and I just think like the, the ridiculousness and how they're there's just it's not logical and just mm-hmm. the how far do you take the self justification? Yeah. How far that you that they make it okay and, and then go and do something like that and and then live on and spread and I think the answer is they take it as far as they need to. Yeah, and they Look will at our commander in chief. Mm-hmm. He'll he will tell lies and scramble to make up the lies to keep going on with his presidency, with <sighs> his administration. Right. I think that's just the answer. I think it's a constant scramble to justify. It's a constant scramble to excuse. It's a constant yeah. scramble to yeah, absolutely insert verb there. I think too, there was this really interesting article. I think I was reading a little bit about, um, I don't remember where, about how, but however, if you kind of spin this around, how some Asian men might be susceptible to the alt-right movement, that they might join. Oh, I did not read this article. They Tell m- me more. They might become a part of this movement because of what it offers them it offers them this sense of control the sense of power this magnanimous like you are almighty and powerful being associated with this movement with white men because in society you cannot you're not very masculine you're not highly dateable you're not highly looked upon as the the masculine and the leading man and the the most dateable demographic you are the complete opposite so when they associate themselves with this movement, they have some sort of sense of like, you know, uh, now I now I am everything that society has deemed that I am not. Got it. And so there have been quite a couple Asian men joining and part of this movement. I saw a picture. I was reading all this stuff about it. And I was I, it's just, it's blows my mind. So now you have it on the you have it with these this, these Asian women being married and then you have these Asian men that are joining because of what it would offer them in society. That's because so the powers and 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 the and the um everything they want that maybe the white man is capable of or the white man so uncalled has just by being born white that Asian men don't by joining this movement they Therefore, then they will have that. Wow. Subconsciously. I never knew that. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. That's fascinating. It is, isn't it? I want to, once this is done, I want to go and read these articles. I did not, I didn't look into that episode. Yeah, like why, if I, I keep saying if I was an Asian woman or if I'm an Asian man. (laughs) um, Maybe I am an Asian man. Um, If I was an Asian man and uh, let's say I was born here or maybe I wasn't born here. I came through uh, you know, through just immigrating or through family or so on and so forth. But just in general, if I was an Asian man mm-hmm. and I, you, you know, I, I wanted to to feel empowered and strong and looked as as like, you know, you you are the savior or I looked looked upon as just just likable yeah. and dateable. Yeah. And, and you attractive. just want to be accepted. We're all human beings and we want acceptance. Absolutely. Correct. And I see this cause. And I feel good in it. Why not? I'm playing to- total devil's advocate. Oh, obviously, yeah. yeah. Why not? Why not be like, all right? And and then they join, and right. let's say things get better. Hmm. They get a white woman. They get a something, or they get attention, or they they get dateable. They feel good. They feel confident. They feel like everything that society has told them that they're not, that they're that they're that they're feminine, and hmm. that they're not strong, and that they're smaller framed, that they can't be this. Right. And if they're not, let's say they really are, they don't do kung fu or whatever. You want to add more stereotypes to that? Then <laughs> hey. Why not? I join. Got it. Right? I want to feel good. You're saying it's like a... a, a YOLO. A, a metaphorical meal ticket to being the man yeah. that perhaps these Asian men that join the alt-right have always wanted to exactly. be. Exactly. And that society, supposedly, right? Society will never look at them, which is fucking ridiculous. Will never... Because I know many Asian men that are very masculine. Um, Me too. Yeah. So actually, what the fuck? I know a ton. Yeah. 
play a on ton. a dodgeball league with a bunch of really masculine Asian yeah. men that will fuck you up in dodgeball. Right? A hundred percent. Shout out ERYC. <laughs> Sorry for the tangent. Um, exactly. So then then that that is something that is could totally be a whole nother conversation. But psychologically and as human beings and, you know, being on this planet and just wanting to feel good and validated and, um, but let's, you know, healthily, cause this is all yeah, so extreme. Definitely. It's too extreme and it can become really unhealthy. And we're just, you know, diving in and dissecting this for you guys and for us, cause we are baffled by it. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, but yeah, that was, that was something that was, that was very, very interesting and was just like, Oh, Never thought about that. I'm, mm. I'm not an Asian man. I wouldn't know, but I'd like to right. think about that. Well, when I was on these these various alt-right websites trying to see, um, there was tons of questions about dating Asian women, but there were really none about dating Asian men. Mm-hmm. They were Once again, right? Yeah. yeah there was no, there you go. There were no white women talking about, hey, I just met this really fly Asian dude. <laughs> like, right? is it good if we like get something going? Like, There was none of, none that. of that. And trust me, I searched and searched and searched, oh, no. and I found nothing no yeah Hmm. so it's just putting it all into just this like different sets of goggles you know Uh, personally i think the cure or like let's say the the ultimate um is there a cure for white supremacy jackie no (laughs) this specifically what this new york times article sort of brought to light and Mm -hmm. all these other articles came out ultimately i just think that asian women need to be aware of the stereotype of the submissive of the docile of the so on and so forth and they just need to either become we just need more asian feminists period yeah that's Um, a great great idea yeah and i think these women just need to really just stand up for themselves and realize that well, I don't know if it's like not not necessarily worth it. I can't say I would. I'm not in their shoes. But the cure to it all is to just not it all, but of course, again, what this article is talking about is that we need more Asian feminists. Mm-hmm. You know, there's yeah. there's not enough. And if this movement keeps on going, then then that's great. Mm-hmm. But that would that would be it. You I, know? Also, I also think we need really strong Asian feminist allies. Yeah, as well. Absolutely. I think that we need other women to advocate for these Asian women. I think that... And speak on their behalf. Absolutely. Talk about their stories. Totally. It's really important. I think social media is a great platform for that Mm -hmm. and through relationships and movies are getting better and all this stuff slowly. But that doesn't mean that you can't marry a white man. No, totally not. But it just... it's, it's, uh, It's important that more and more women, especially Asian women, if we're talking about this subject are aware of all the stereotypes and what their culture brings and examples because we don't have many examples of strong women as far as you know literature media not enough i would disagree because i'm looking at you and i'm recording this podcast with you flattering i love you thank you i love you (laughs) um you know, or maybe in our household, like my mom has been a fantastic, strong mother. So strong. Yeah. You know, that's, your mom is dope. That's my like everything of like rock solid. For sure. You know, courage, braveness, everything. Yeah. But maybe some other Asian girls don't have that. You know, a lot that's of true. them don't. And if they come from an oppressive culture, extremely oppressive, mm-hmm. then then how do you kind of slowly like dip your toes and, 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 and start to sort of speak out and fight yeah. against your you know and it's also such an internal struggle too. Yeah. talk about the internal conflict conflict that you go through when coming to another country or marrying someone from a different culture or race that you may not necessarily know what to do yeah. you know so definitely yeah it's it's just it's it's so fascinating to talk about and to think about and what it would be like to be in their shoes um yeah, but fuck these guys. <laughs> yeah, totally. I think as a, as an ally to Asian women, mm-hmm. I think that I I could and I would encourage other women who are allies to Asian women uh, to do a little bit of self-reflection themselves. Yeah. Stop and think about how you buy into the model minority myth. Yeah. Stop and think about whether or not you buy into this Asian, hypersexual, docile, yeah. submissive trope. Yeah, like observe yourself, I think, is really important with other people, with interaction, especially with other men. Right. You know, when you're playing that game, when you're not playing that game at home with mm-hmm. your fathers, with yourself, all of that slowly, eventually, it all kind of blends in and, it, you know, it's kind of seamless in the way of who you attract and what you're attracted to and yeah. that... You know, it's not the end all be all. Also, you yeah. know, the that you can be your own woman and totally. be strong and 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 be confident in that. Yeah. So. And just as a weird personal side note, 
as a woman or man, don't call another woman cute. Like, I hate when I see a grown-ass woman calling a, a grown-ass Asian woman cute. I'm gr- just like, Oh, oh you, you mean you mean just Asian girls in general? Asian women. Oh, like, Asian 25 women. Like, and up. Oh, I see. Be like, hi, you're so cute. I oh hate that. Because I wouldn't want to be called cute, so let's not call other women I think, haven't cute. I called you cute? Have I ever called you cute? It's different. It's different <laughs> with you. There was like a love and an, an oh, admiration and a respect there. <laughs> right. But when I'm just out and about wherever I am and I see a white woman call a grown-ass Asian woman cute, I'm just like... Bitch, like, if she and if this Asian woman patted you on the head, you would be feeling some sort of way. Oh yeah, but that's that to me is like a a a a verbal way of patting someone on the head. It's like calling someone cute. Oh, you're so cute. If anyone sees Alana out on the streets, (laughs) do not call her cute. And don't pat me on the head. Because I will kick you in the balls. Straight up. <laughs> um, okay, anyways, that Side is our note. show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Yes. I am Alana Webster. If you want to find me on Instagram, go ahead and look for me at Renegade of Fun. I'm Jacqueline Chung Young. It's a long ass name. <laughs> um, uh, on Instagram, it would just be my full name. Um, nothing, no hyphenating the special characters. Uh, we are so happy to to record this one and have you guys listen to us. And hopefully you like it. And hopefully this brings some sort of different perspective and light to your minds. And um, and yeah. we want to hear from you guys. Absolutely. Do you have strong feelings about Messages. this? Oh, our black and we have a black and yellow Instagram. Oh, yeah. We have an Instagram at black and yellow yes. podcast. Uh, if you want to give us your feedback, give us your thoughts. We really want to hear them. Yeah, DM us. Talk to us. We want to know. Yeah, how you guys are feeling. Mm -hmm. So, Black and Yellow Podcast uh, on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. But until then, we will talk to you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.